All right, friends, it's hoop ball promo time. This is big because this is our 2020-2021 NBA season product rollout, and I am so excited to tell you about what we've got. We almost never push our hoop ball products, but this is the window of the year where we need to power that engine. So let me tell you what's out. We've got our draft guide, our flagship's shining beacon to the most comprehensive draft guide in fantasy. We cover all over 400 players this season with future access pass to our Brewski 150. Now, if you don't know what the Brewski 150 is, I'm here to give you the need-to-know info. This is the fantasy draft list that has beaten every other list for 10 straight years and new this year for hootball we're unveiling our monthly membership plans featuring our fantasy pass draft guide brewski 150 our new dfs pass premium in-season tools as well as our wager pass for sports bettors everything you need we've got you covered 365 around the clock hoop ball tools is your one-stop shop for your nba treasure trove of fantasy need to know information all that you need and more check us out head to hoop-ball.com or follow at hoopball fantasy on twitter now check it out give us a follow get your tools and win your league all right friends it's hoop ball promo time this is big because this is our 2020-2021 NBA season product rollout, and I am so excited to tell you about what we've got. We almost never push our hoop ball products, but this is the window of the year where we need to power that engine. So let me tell you what's out. We've got our draft guide, our flagship's shining beacon to the most comprehensive draft guide in fantasy. We cover all over 400 players this season with future access pass to our Brewski 150. Now, if you don't know what the Brewski 150 is, I'm here to give you the need-to-know info. This is the fantasy draft list that has beaten every other list for 10 straight years and new this year for hootball we're unveiling our monthly membership plans featuring our fantasy pass draft guide brewski 150 our new dfs pass premium in-season tools as well as our wager pass for sports bettors everything you need we've got you covered 365 around the clock hoop ball tools is your one-stop shop for your nba treasure trove of fantasy need to know information all that you need and more check us out head to hoop-ball.com or follow at hoopball fantasy on twitter now check it out give us a follow get your tools and win your league the following is a hoop ball presentation Welcome in, Hoop Ballers, to another edition of your Box Score Breakdown. As always, it is your host, David Bracey, here with a very special guest host tonight, a new contributor to the network. Ladies and gentlemen, please give a standing ovation for the one and only Bradley Harden. Mr. Harden, how are you tonight? I'm doing great. Doing great, man. It's a pleasure to be on. A pleasure to be here with my brother here on uh, the box tour. So I'm really excited tonight. Absolutely. Absolutely. It was a pleasure to have you here. It's always an honor. Um, You know, we're very, very excited to have you as a part of the network and we're looking forward to all your contributions. So I figured what a better way to introduce you to everybody out here on our beautiful platform and then talk some hoops. We've had a couple days of games now in the books we got the bubble really, really going, and so far it has not popped. The basketball will not stop. So let's hope that we can keep that going. 
Um, so opening it up, of course, uh, I would be remiss if I did not mention our incredible, incredible sponsor, manscaped.com. Support for Hootball is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-belt grooming. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you with the best tools for your grooming experience. Now, I'm sure that we have all, at one time or another, considered the premise of manscaping. Maybe even Googled it, because perhaps we heard it in a social setting and thought to ourselves, I'm not quite sure what that is. Well, I'm here to tell you, frame of reference or not, all you need to know is Manscaped is the top of the line when it comes to personal grooming technology. Manscaped has a redesigned electric trimmer. Manscaped's team engineered this specific blade and trimmer with 18 months of perfection. The greatest hair trimmer ever created. You can quote me on that. And they just released a new and improved Lawnmower 3.0. Now, I know you're thinking lawnmower. That's not the most sensitive word, especially when talking about one's more sensitive spots. But trust me, as always, we take pride in our lawn as you take pride in your home. And the Lawnmower 3.0 is a great way to show off your shrubs. Or not. It's up to you. Their third-generation trimmer features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce manscaping accidents. And thanks to Manscaped's advanced skin-safe technology, okay, when I tell you this is premium, I mean premium. The battery itself will last up to 90 minutes. And I would hope that's much longer than you need to shave. The technology also includes water resistance, allowing you to groom in the shower as well, making cleanup a little bit easier. Not so easy on your drains, but hey, oh well. One of the coolest features is the LED light, which illuminates grooming areas for a closer and more precise trim. Because nobody likes dim light, which unfortunately it seems most of our bathrooms have. They've also upgraded to a 7,000 RPM motor with quiet stroke technology. Now, that technology is out of this world. And let's not forget about the charging stand. How could you? How are you going to keep the battery charged for 10 hours if you don't have the charging stand? Show your mower off loud and proud because this intelligently designed stand is a convenient charging dock powered by USB. If you're listening to me right now, I want you to experience it firsthand for yourself. You can get 20% off plus free shipping. You heard me correctly. 20% off plus free shipping just by using the code Brewski at manscaped.com. B-R-U-S-K-I at manscaped.com. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code Brewski at manscaped.com. Okay, I'm going to tell you one more time just so I know you heard me. 20% off, free shipping, manscaped.com, code word Brewski. All right, speaking of trying to avoid disastrous accidents, uh, the Bucks were unable to do so last night. Uh, they suffered a disastrous accident in the fourth quarter and completely imploded upon themselves. Uh, the Houston Rockets were able to sneak out a win, thanks largely in part to what I think all of us would consider some of the most impressive defensive performances um, in, in, in kind of a collaborative sense that we've seen from a team in some time. I mean, multiple, multiple stops and crucial, crucial turns, getting steals left and right. Um, and even though the fact that they have decided to roll small and could not necessarily secure rebounds, it did not stop them from getting plays when they really needed to. One of the most memorable rebounds that they had was uh, Russell Westbrook completely overtaking and surprising DJ Wilson on a tip back, which, I mean, really helped them seal the win down the stretch of the game. So 
I guess, Brad, to open up, open up our conversation here tonight, talk to me a little bit about what you saw from the Bucks in that, in that implosion to the Rockets. And if you have any concerns at all, because I mean, it, it, it may go without saying, but I will just mention, of course they were without Eric Bledsoe, their primary ball handler. So one could assume that would probably lead to a little bit more sloppy play, uh, playing a little bit more fast and loose as Houston tends to do. What, what are, what are your thoughts about the Milwaukee Bucks? Well, first off, when you said that Wilson was down guarding or boxing out Westbrook down the stretch, in any stretch or form for the Bucks lineup, when Wilson is in later in the game, that's really not a good sign. It just wasn't really a great sign for the Bucks yesterday as it was a case study where, you know, the Milwaukee Bucks boasting the, be- the best record in NBA this year. They look, they are, they have moments where they are beatable and it's beatable even when Giannis is going off when everyone is not hitting their threes and you mentioned the turnovers. If, the Milwaukee Bucks, who are who their whole offense is predicated around Giannis, you know, penetrating into the into the lane and opening up, you know, shooting lanes for these three point shooters to hit knock down these three point shots. If they're not hitting him, uh, then it's a recipe for a game where, you know, you have the frustrations on the offensive end with the turnovers and the missed threes, and it tr- translates to the defensive end. And now you have, you know. Harden getting it going and Westbrook getting uh, a lot of offense rebounds, which is something that he's done fantastic this year. Um, he just has a knack for finding that ball on the offensive end and um, either getting a put back or getting fouled and getting into the free throw line. So the I think the will, the sheer will of the Houston Rockets overtook the you know, all the mistakes and all the mysteries that came for the Bucks and it recipied into disaster last night, um, unfortunately. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, Houston did a very good job, in my opinion, making the Milwaukee Bucks feel uncomfortable, um, which is definitely which is definitely difficult to do, given their I wouldn't even necessarily because because you can't say they have championship pedigree because they've never been. I mean, I don't consider the Eastern Conference championships a championship. So, but again, that's that's yeah, I mean, okay, so we agree on that. So you can't say it's championship pedigree, but you would say that they have a what most of us would consider winning DNA. I mean, they have a high level coach. They have an all world NBA player leading their offense and defense. I mean, so they have, they have certain elements that one would assume would help them, you know, write the ship, steer the course, whatever you want to say uh, during those really, really arduous times down the stretch, especially in close games. However, as we saw last night, and again, a lot of this could be because of the the loss of Eric Bledsoe. He is, a, as I said, the primary ball handler. He's facilitating the offense. He is helping them with their playmaking and making crucial decisions down the stretch. You did not have him last night. However, Giannis is coming off of an incredible season last season, an incredible season this mm-hmm. season, a season in which he may win DPOY as well as MVP. Um, and you really just kind of look to him to take over the game in a more – I'm closing this out type of manner. And that just never really happened. I mean, his his box score, I mean, 36 points, 18 rebounds, eight assists, a block, only three turnovers, went six and nine from the free throw line, hit two threes. I mean, had a relatively solid game, 14, 25 from the field, 56%. That's, I mean, had a, had a pretty solid game all around. Middleton chipped in, had a very, very efficient game, went for 27 points. You got a double-double out of Brolo with 31 and 12. I mean, you had guys show up. 
for the Bucks. The issue is the one guy who the Bucks needed the most, the Rockets had a game plan for. And they really, really made Giannis uncomfortable with the matchup of PJ Tucker with Robert Covington, with Daniel House. They have all these switchable guys that they can just constantly throw at Giannis to really, really wear him down. And you saw it last night when he was making errant passes to defenders that were just standing in passing lanes waiting for him to do so. I mean, James Harden feasted on the perimeter on Dante DiVincenzo because DiVincenzo acted like, I mean, for for a Final Four most outstanding player, he sure did not play like one last night. And you just have to wonder where is the Bucks' sense of urgency? Where does it lie? Because a game like that, a high-level game like that, it's not going to get any more similar to that championship type of atmosphere. And if you can't close out down the stretch in an opening bubble game, I have, a, I have a lot of reservations about necessarily betting the house on you and what is going to be, you know, a slugfest seven game series potentially. So, yeah. And, uh, and to your point, they did do a wonderful job of putting a lot of bodies on Giannis yesterday, getting a lot of defensive looks, uh, which was great, and disrupting the offensive flow, which was perfect yesterday. Perfect game planning on the Houston Rockets part. Like you said, hard to get in those passing lanes. Ended up with six steals yesterday. But I do want to say that, you know, starting off the bubble, Middleton and the Lopez twins, have bo- both. all three of them have been very sharp. Uh, Giannis has come out sharp. But it's the other players, like you said, the DiVincenzo, who looked lost, who looked lost yesterday and looked like he didn't even belong on the court at times. Uh, Wilson, like I mentioned before. Um, and even though with Giannis hitting some threes now, I feel like everyone's losing a night of sleep every three he hits. But we're seeing that if his teammates are hitting those jump shots, um, and you have the formula that the Houston Rockets had yesterday. It ends up for a Bucks team that, 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 I mean, at this point, is still one of the favorites to win the NBA title. But they are susceptible to losing games here and there. So I don't think they're unbeatable, just like no one in this field is unbeatable, especially with the bubble, uh, you know, taking away some of the advantages that you would get playing on at home and in the travel. But the Bucks look beatable, and the Rockets exploited that. So hats off to the Houston Rockets. Yeah, absolutely. You got to give Mike D'Antoni, James Harden, all those guys a lot of credit because, I mean, they've been counted out many, many times um, and they continue to surprise. Uh, So, yeah, I mean, we will see what we'll see what the Bucks are able to do here uh, as the postseason starts to really take shape. Um, And in regards to that postseason race, I mean, right at number two to the Toronto Raptors, they had a very, very good game today against the Miami Heat. Uh, both of these are two teams that I've talked very highly about, two teams that I don't think are necessarily getting all the praise that they should, um, but are probably going to be getting it a lot more now, especially the Toronto Raptors, and rightfully so. Uh, news did break today earlier. Woj announced that uh, Billy Donovan and um, – <clears throat> oh, excuse me, that uh, Billy Donovan and uh, – who was the other coach? He's completely escaping my mind right now. So it was it was Billy Donald um, Budenholzer, uh, correct? Budenholzer for the Bucks, yes. Yes. So the Bucks head coach and the uh, OKC Thunder's head coach are going to be our our co coaches of the year. And in third place was Nick Nurse. Um, and in regards to the Toronto Raptors, I mean that makes absolute sense. It's very very it's beyond impressive that they are able to do what they did last season: lose Kawhi, who is incredible. I mean, and on the heels of what was such a momentous loss. They're able to re-solidify their roster, go out, play with purpose, and finish with, I mean, very comparable regular season record to what they had last year. And, I mean, they're playing at the same level that they were playing last year. I think the 
the, the percentages as far as the advanced stats and the win metrics, I mean, are very, very identical. So it, it's very, very interesting to see that culture in Toronto, how it continues to evolve. Uh, when it seems like only yesterday, people were really, really concerned about the fact that they had decided to part ways with then coach of the year, Dwayne Casey. I mean, talk about yeah. down the road from there. I mean, look where we are now. So, but in that same sense, we saw the Raptors impressed the other night against, uh, you know, LeBron James, Anthony Davis and the LA Lakers. They, they went out there and Anthony Davis does what he does. LeBron James does what he does, but they threw bodies at him. I mean, and I think that what we saw is how the Toronto Raptors will continue to innovate on both ends of the court, which will always give them at least a fighting chance against, I believe, any team in the NBA. Um, and when you're as well coached as that and you have guys who are that passionate, guys who have tasted a championship, uh, I think the level of motivation is pretty high there. Uh, so I definitely really, really like the Toronto Raptors. Um, and then in regards to the Miami Heat, you know, Spo was also in the running for coach of the year. Pat Riley has done an incredible job, you know, creating that heat culture. Mickey Harrison is an incredible owner who, you know, really, really backs Pat Riley and all the things he does and knows the incredible mind, basketball mind that that Pat Riley is. Uh, so I, I have no surprises here with the heat and what they continue to do. I think that for a lot of these teams, at the top of the East Miami is an absolute nightmare because of their ability to match up with other teams. One through five, they're very, very versatile. They have a lot of switchable guys. Uh, they have a lot of athletes. They have a lot of um, like kind of rangy wing guys, you could say. And then their bigs are not traditional bigs. I mean, you've got guys like Kelly Olenek who can step out and shoot. you got Bam Adebayo making his first all-star game and running the point for you out of the low post. So Miami um, is definitely a team that I think is going to continue to get more and more buzz as we get closer and closer to the start of the playoffs here. Um, because, I mean, they're, they're built to win. And I think that it says a lot that, in the regular season, they have some pretty impressive win totals, um, uh, win, uh, win totals in series against a lot of these high level teams. I mean, they were two and zero against the bucks in the regular season and bam out was giving Giannis absolute fits. So I'm curious to see what everything looks like as we kind of figure out who's going to be matched up with whom, um, because everybody's just kind of sitting around in the bubble waiting to see what's going to happen. So what are your thoughts about the, uh, the Miami heat and the Toronto Raptors? Yeah. So another point on the Miami heat is that obviously they started the, uh, bubble, playing against two top three teams in a respective conference in Denver and Toronto going one and one um, you 20 ball a shorthand um, Denver team but still an impressive win nonetheless and then you go and you lose a tough game against Toronto who I mean we can arguably say is and Mike uh, Frank Vogel said this uh, leading up to the Lakers uh, Raptors matchup that they're legit title contender they're legit they're legit to repeat and we talk about um nick nurse uh well deserved getting a lot of uh coach of the coach of the year votes um and i understand why the other two were selected obviously the bucks having a better better record and then the great job that billy donovan is doing in oklahoma city with that roster um with the projections being so low um and then obviously excelling so right in in their own right they're great but nick nurse um, a formula that they have learned in Toronto Raptors uh, with a buddy of mine, Jordan Lloyd, who was on that championship team last year, is player development. And it looked no further at, you know, Siakam. Siakam developed in-house, and uh, they told a story on the ESPN broadcast. As Siakam came to the team, uh, when he talked to Mazai uh, Majiri, and he said, I don't want to be a role player. 
Um, basically, he wanted to know what it takes to be a star in this league. And it shows. And it shows in his development. Being the most improved player last year. And even even with Kawhi with, out of the lineup last year in stretches, they had a better uh, season record without Kawhi in the lineup um, last year. So Siakam and Lowry obviously doing it for years prior. Pascal emerging last year. They're used to stepping up and having to carry the load with the Van Sleeks, with the OG and Anobis, um, and the rest of the uh, players on that roster who are just tough on the defensive end. They really know how to throw. They have the length, um, and they really get into you defensively. They rebound, um, and they have that, like you said, what people try to put onto the Milwaukee Bucks, that championship pedigree. They've done it. Um, and a big piece in Kawhi is gone, but they're still proving that they can do it again. Because um, for me, it's just mind-boggling. Pascal Siakam, being the most improved player last year, um, averaging 16.7 points, I want to say. He's averaging seven more points this year at 23 and a half. So a seven point, in, almost a, over a seven-point increase while in having a comparable, if not a slightly better record than last year. So the Toronto Raptors uh, putting themselves in a great, position as a two seed right now if things were to end they play the magic and i say that that's a very favorable matchup um in the first round but we still have more bubble to play and then you mentioned the miami heat another relatively young roster with a lot of talent a lot of promise um like i said going one and one against those two top teams denver and toronto to start the bubble and they have games starting tomorrow against the celtics and then the bucks next so these games are going to be great measuring sticks as far as uh, seeding, as you mentioned, in the Eastern Conference, as well as um, depending on how they fare off in the uh, playoffs this year, what roster decisions they have to make. Because if they're playing great against the top echelon of the Eastern Conference now with the roster they have, um, maybe getting another point guard to help with the ball handling uh, responsibilities alongside of Jimmy Butler um, in the offseason. Maybe they take that next step um, or obviously looking very alluring for uh, uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo to come down to South Beach and hang out with DJ Khaled um, and take over Wade County. So very, very good measuring stick going for the Miami Heat going forward uh, to start the bubble. But very tough. A lot of talent. I love Hero. I love Robinson. I love um, the Bam Adebayo's development. And obviously you. You can't help but love Jimmy Bucket. So, lots of love on this Miami Heat roster. Uh, so, just like Will Will Smith, you know, welcome to Miami. Maybe they'll, you know, be a dark horse in the East, but <laughs> we still got to put we still got to play it out. Uh, we still got to play it out here in the bubble. Um, yeah, and it's very and, and to your point about um, next steps for Miami. There has been some conversation and chatter. Uh, in regards to what Miami's hopes are in free agency. And I will say, um, very curious to the conversations going on in the bubble, player to player, um, GM to player, and otherwise, Tampering. since a lot of Tampering. these teams, yeah, you can throw the T word around. I think it's very fair. Um, I mean, a lot of these I mean, teams, you know. You put it on the snitch hotline in the bubble. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you know, absolutely. And a lot of these teams are housed together. I believe, actually, the Miami Heat and the Milwaukee Bucks are sharing the same hotel facility. So, oh, interesting. I mean, Very interesting. And again, I, all the, I'm clearly not in the bubble, you know, so all of this is complete. I mean, I'm aggregating here, but who knows? And there's also, again, been reports um, that some of the Miami guys, in regards to their future contracts, have been told, wait until next summer and we'll take care of you. Um, and if memory serves... 
some of those same conversations were had uh, in the summer that led up to the start of the Heatles. So do I think that we could have a, a, a Heatles part two? Who knows? Too far down the road for that. Uh, let's just hope we can get through this bubble, the postseason, and crown a champion uh, before we start talking about all that. But um, in regards to, as I say, you know, the, the chase for a championship, right again at the top of that list, I think very fairly so, the Boston Celtics. Um, I was concerned with Kemba. I'm still concerned with Kemba. Can't get a clear picture on that. Really hoping that he'll be good to go for the postseason. Um, but as far as injuries go, some positivity in that. Gordon Hayward, I mean, like you said, he's been playing very, very well. Uh, looks like the Gordon Hayward of old. And I mean, you got to love that. Like it was very, very, it was, it was tragic to see what happened to him in his first season with the Celtics. Okay. Uh, so to see him to be able to really, you know, round back out to form, look happy, look confident, look comfortable out there playing basketball with his teammates. Huh? It's a beautiful thing. Uh, Jalen Brown continues to develop Jason Tatum. As I mentioned on earlier pods, I mean, he was in fuego with the season kind of, petered out there and now that we're back in full swing it looks like he's really looking to pick up where he left off uh, i think he had 21 in the first half of the game against the blazers the other day yeah um, i mean hit what is that four or five threes in the first half i mean he was absolutely unconscious so we know tatum uh is capable of producing big plays the only questions have been around whether or not he is the superstar island that the boston celtics can ride into a championship and i think you know given the team chemistry given the makeup of the team they are i wouldn't say that they're championship favorites but they're definitely title contenders and i think one solid piece away from really taking that step uh that next step into you know the upper echelon of of the of the nba championship pedigree uh, for some of these teams here um we think about because they they truthfully do not have i mean you could say you know their big two is Tatum and Kimba or et cetera and et cetera. But I mean, when you have Kimba with the injury concerns around Kimba right now, you start to wonder if Charlotte was correct in their hesitation to offer him a max contract. And you start to wonder if the knee injuries that have plagued the guy who is undersized and relies very heavily on his elusiveness. And you, you just wonder if, that is going to really, really become a problem for the Boston Celtics as far as them really, really chasing a championship. Because what we have seen is that time and time again, you need you need strong guard play. You 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 do you do, and the league is just getting smaller and smaller. I mean, guys are stepping out further and further from the basket. You need that strong perimeter play, and when you have a guy like Kimball Walker, you are able to stretch the defense in such a way. You have a guy who is such a dynamic playmaker that he just opens up lanes and he will make guys better around him. Marcus Smart is an incredible guard, but he is obviously not the, not the all-star, not the superstar level that Kimball Walker is. So there are questions surrounding the Boston Celtics, rightfully so. But I think that for all of those questions that are there, I definitely think they should be, to me, they have a puncher's chance at getting to the NBA Finals. They I really agree. do. They really do, because I think in a seven-game series, if you get four games from Tatum, if you get two games from Tatum, like the game he gave you against the Trailblazers, and you can squeeze two games out of Kimba, a game out of Kimba, a game out of Jalen, I mean, you it could go either way. You know, these guys are not afraid to guard. These guys are not afraid to compete, and, and they know what it takes. Um, 
even the young guys. I mean, they don't necessarily have a whole lot of a whole lot of high level winning experience in their collegiate careers, but but these are guys who are students of the game and have been for a long time, and it shows in their development. and that And that's a testament to the confidence of the Boston Celtics that they had in both Tatum and Jalen Brown because they've had opportunities to move on both of those guys for what most of us would consider more solidified NBA superstars. So I'm very curious to see what the Celtics do. If it's not this season, I think I definitely look for them to take a big step next season as, again, guys like Tatum and Brown continue to ascend in their NBA career. Um, so I so I definitely like the Celtics. Uh, what I guess, what, what do you think about the, about the Boston Celtics? I mean, we talked briefly about Gordon Hayward off air before this. Um, what else what else are you looking at with the Celtics? I think that if they really needed anything, they need a big. They need a power forward. They need somebody down low. Yeah, and and, and to that point, when I watched the games in the bubble, uh, one of the things we talked about uh, off air was the usage of Cantor, who is, I mean, potentially a double-double guy for you um, in points and rebounds. Uh, he has a great great offensive game around the block, great touch around the rim, but he is a liability on defense. So I know that Absolutely. he may be, you know, used in certain matchups, and which is great. Um, uh, maybe there's a matchup in the playoffs, and I'm looking at the teams in the East. Um, I can see him doing well against uh, if they were slotted against the Pacers or Magic, that cancer can be effective. The Nets, the lower, lower tier um, – team in the east when we talk about the upper echelon like the game that you saw against the bucks and you saw the game as well against the trailblazers Cantor was used very sporadically uh which is very and it seemed like he was used very strategically and it seems like that was it on the defensive end tice is their guy starting is he the guy i know he can step away from the basket hit a couple jump shots hit a couple threes um as well as being Tough at giving effort on a on a defensive end, getting some rebounds, uh, and playing playing well in on defensive situations that I've seen here early on the bubble and throughout. Obviously, his time in Boston that's why he's remained constant there. But then you have Williams, uh, the young prospect out of A and M, young. Um, people wondering where his head was coming into the league, and I'm glad that he landed in Boston under a Brad Stevens, who is kind of a college-esque type coach at the NBA level, how he runs the system and how he carries his team, and I think it's a good fit for him. But i like to see him get more minutes because I think he'd be a great rim protector, great rim runner. Um, I'd love to see him run some pick-and-roll game with a Kimball Walker um, or if Tatum is uh, bringing the ball up at times. Uh, I think it just adds another element if you can get more out of him. So it's just kind of just some musical chairs as to who is playing um, at the big spot for the Celtics, but all have been serviceable and it has led to them getting the three C now. So if it isn't broke, don't break it, but interesting to see stepping forward. I know you mentioned Kimba's injury, um, a player that uses a lot of explosiveness, a lot of cuts in this game. Uh, we see that with the, you know, the Derrick Roses and others who use explosiveness and the John walls that knees and lower body injuries are bound to happen. Uh, unfortunately, and so we're, and maybe you said you are that, that Charlotte was onto something trading them, but I think they're definitely a dark horse to win the East. Uh, like you said, if not now, definitely next year, especially with the health of Kimba's knee with the minute restrictions. We'll see how he progresses into the bubble to see how much of a puncher's chest they give them to potentially win that title. Uh, but his knee, him coming along and continue, obviously. Getting comfortable uh, with his own game, Gordon Hayward is going to be a huge factor going forward for the Boston Celtics. Uh, and they should have won that Bucks game, but the special MVP foul privileges down the stretch. Uh, hopefully, Boston Celtics fans are, have gotten over that. Uh, but 
Arguably could have Okay, won here we go. Arguably could have won that game, but you know what, Giannis? You got to give your ass uh, tip, your, uh, tip your cap off to the Bucks, and you can't miss uh, 16 shots if you're Jason Tatum that game. So uh, a, a lot to look within the house that first game. They did give effort. I'm glad they rebounded that second game against a tough Blazers team. Yeah, absolutely. That was a tough loss. Um, you know, Jalen Brown's uh, Instagram account had something to say about that. And, you know, he, he may have a point. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, I mean, Giannis is a very, very aggressive player. Uh, I think the guys at the top of the ladder tend to get the benefit of the calls here. But <clears throat> as they say, uh, that's the way it goes. Uh, these are the breaks, you know, so break it up, break it up, break it up. That's just and the way it is. Amen. Things will never be the same. And speaking of potential breakups and things never being the same, that leads me into the team that's most likely to draw our Boston Celtics here in the playoffs. And that would be the Philadelphia 76ers who currently occupy the sixth spot in the Eastern conference. Now Philadelphia is Mm. (sighs) Philadelphia is especially, especially interesting because of their team dynamic. I mean, they have two guys, two of the younger guys in the NBA who are the more solidified superstars just beginning their prime, you know, ascending in their NBA careers. And I think all of us are just hoping that the 76ers are able to, to figure this out. Um, because on a day-to-day basis, you just, you, you really just do not know. You don't know what team you're going to get. Um, you don't know what Embiid you're going to get. You don't know what Ben Simmons you're going to get. And when those are the two guys, those are the two cornerstones of your franchise. Those are the two guys who you depend on night in and night out, not only to carry you down the stretch, but just when you just simply to win you games. I mean, there, there's reason to be concerned. Um, and, and I just want to say, Hey, uh, game to game, you don't know what Brett Brown you're going to get. I mean, you don't. From Absolutely. His, from his press office interviews to how he's managing the team, what lineup is out there. It's been a lot of tweaks here and there, and I feel like they're past tweaks. They should have some continuity, some sense of what needs to be the formula to win games, and um, yeah, they didn't manage to find it. Uh, I mean, being the sixth seed, I, I mean, I feel like they're better than Indiana, Indiana Pacers. I'm sorry. With Depot out, they're better than them. And the fact that they are behind them, and I mean, it, it's pretty good distance between them and Orlando. But still, for them to be in the sixth seed and draw, like you said, potential Boston Celtics matchup first round, and we've seen how those series go, and it hasn't really gone in, you know, the 76ers' favor, especially in the tenure of Embiid and Simmons. Absolutely. And, uh, and, you know, I would assume that it would go differently this time now that they have, you know, Al Horford, they took him from the Celtics, especially to try to go against, uh, <clears throat> especially try to go against Giannis. So I would assume that that would definitely benefit them uh, in the series against the Celtics since the Celtics are so undermanned down low. However, um, like you said, you know, you, you don't know what Philadelphia 76ers team you're going to get. Um, and that starts at the top with the coach. Uh, the inconsistency is very, very real. Um You know, we have continued to wait for Joel Embiid to kind of take that whole attitude where he decides, well, I'm the best big man in the league and I'm going to play like it Uh, has has yet to happen, in my personal opinion. Uh, Yeah, he he has. He'll give you big point totals. I mean, that goes without saying the guy can fill it up. There's no question the caliber of talent Embiid is. I mean, I think if Embiid would truly just lock in. You know, or maybe it's 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 a it's a question of coaching. Whatever it is, if you could just get Embiid to 
unlock his full potential. I think that it's not crazy to say he could easily be a top five guy in the league. Oh, I mean, easily, easily, uh, easily. Absolutely. And I was hoping that the loss in the Eastern Conference semis last year to the defending champion Raptors and how they lost that game would give them that drive and that focus that Embiid and Simmons and Harris getting the taste of the playoffs. Um, you have you add Horford. You have this team that mostly is coming back. You have the same head coach. You have the motivation. You have the drive. A loss like that normally starts the story for teams to have success that next year. And it still feels like at times they're still kind of caught up and hung up on that loss, thinking, what if, what if? And you got to look ahead. And right now, uh, not really a great showing. I know they had the lead um, as recording this point um, against the Spurs, but you got to you got to get wins. You got to figure out which lineups that you want on the floor because um, the time for tweaking is over, or else the time for um, you know Brett Brown being out of a job is very is very possible, very possible, and it may be happening very soon if they don't find success here in this playoffs. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that the front office may be trying to decide what their options are going forward uh, with the entire roster, you know, and you would hate to see them blow up what is a very, very young core, a very, very interesting and promising core um, because they just couldn't, you know, necessarily figure it out. Um, But it wouldn't be the first time, you know, Uh, it, it would be far from the first time. So I'm just very curious to see what happens with the Philadelphia 76ers. A lot of potential there uh, for success, but also a lot of potential there for a bust. So be careful where you lay your uh, your allegiances uh, as a Philadelphia 76ers fan because um, it's going to be it's going to be a bumpy ride, I would say. Yes, yeah, short but shorty. Short but shorty for the Philly 76ers at this point. Yeah, absolutely, and they're really hoping that their postseason is not a short one uh, because. As of late, they have been. So we will see. Uh, they did a pretty uh, pretty piss-poor job uh, putting a stop on T.J. Warren the other night. But as many have come to learn, T.J. Warren is mo- is worth much more than cash considerations. Um, yes, he is. Yes, he is. And a quick update. As of right now, the uh, uh, 76ers are up by two on the Spurs with five minutes to go on the fourth as we're recording. So we'll see how that pans out and. This might be we might be marching to a beat of a new drum tomorrow, or it might be the same drum that um, has been consistent in mediocrity for the uh, Philadelphia 76ers. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we'll see. You know, they say you can't beat a dead horse, but they also said Ben Simmons can't shoot threes. And I've seen him make a couple. So stranger things have happened. We we, we will see here. Um but yeah, and definitely, uh, you know, and, and this would be a great time for me also to to mention our, our other contributing sponsor, my bookie. Uh, as we said, you know, games are going on right now. We're tracking them in live time, and you should be too. Everybody, say it with me: Sports are back, baby! Oh, feels so good. Feels so good to have sports back. I've been waiting for this day since March, and today on the 180th day of March, whatever it is, nobody really knows. Um, we have sports. Sports are here. More sports are coming. And I've only got one thing in mind. That's my bookie. My bookie is your home run, slam dunk, crossover, alley-oop, sham god, triple overtime, game-winning shot, all wrapped up into one. Oh, you got to love it. You got to love it. I love it. You love it. And that should be all you need to hear in order to start betting today. My bookie has up-to-the-minute odds on all your favorite teams. All of them. And with the start of the NBA bubble season, 
right underway here and the playoffs right around the corner, there's never been a better time to start playing and start paying. You know what I'm saying? Well, my bookie is easy. Check it out. Three steps. You ready for this? First step, place your bet. Okay. Simple enough, right? Second step, this is my favorite part. You win. Okay. Third step, are you ready for this? Three courses. They pay you. You heard me. You bet. You win. They pay. You feel good about your MLB team's chances this year? <laughs> Probably not. But that's okay because my bookie's got you covered. And you can still make some money. Be sure to check out my bookie's World Series future bets, okay? Nothing shows you believe in your squad like betting on them before the season's even begun. And nothing shows you're a true fan like betting on your squad during a global pandemic, okay? Seriously, wear that jersey loud and proud. But why stop with baseball? Smart bettors are always looking towards the future. And in this case, I mean, you got baseball, you got basketball, you got hockey, and fingers crossed for football. My bookie is already accepting bets on all of your favorite NBA, NHL, and NFL games. Place your bets now, people. Go ahead. There's never been a better time to start exploring the world of online sports betting. Unfamiliar with online sports betting? Check us out on Hootball. Check out our we- our network. Check out our website. Hootball Daily Betting. All the guys got you covered, okay? They will give you all the industry expert insider tips and knowledge you need to know before you go to my bookie and place that bet. That's going to win you all that money that you need to pay your rent next month or buy a new pair of shoes. Let's be real. We're going to buy a new pair of shoes. Join today and my bookie will match your deposit 100%. Plus, they'll toss you a free $10 MLB future wager. All you got to do is enter the promo code HoopBall when signing up. That's HoopBall, H-O-O-P-B-A-L-L when signing up. Remember, at my bookie, the terms are simple. You bet, you win, they pay. All right. Switching gears and switching conferences, we're going to take a look over here at the Western Conference. Uh, as we said, games have been in full swing here. We got the Los Angeles Lakers uh, in a game underway right now against the Utah Jazz at the end of the second. It is 58-56, <clears throat> the Los Angeles Lakers. And we've continued to see a lot of really high-scoring games here um, in the bubble. So you definitely got to love that. Guys are playing fast and loose. Uh, the refs haven't been jamming the game up too much. For better or for worse. Uh, and I think that we all appreciate that because, I mean, let's be real. We just want to see some guys playing out there. So let's start at the top of the key. The team playing tonight, Los Angeles Lakers, unfortunately suffered a defeat at the hands of the Toronto Raptors uh, a couple nights ago. But prior to on opening night, I mean, you really got to give them credit. Granted, they were going up against an L.A. Clippers team that was undermanned. They were without Lou Williams because, you know, got to get those chicken wings. They were out Montrez Harrell, uh, who was out of the bubble for family reasons. Uh, and also recently announced that uh, I believe he did lose his grandmother who was in a fight with COVID-19. So our prayers go out to Montrez, his family, and all of the Clipper family uh, affected by that. Um, definitely a tragedy. Definitely a tragedy. Um, yeah. In regards to uh, the Los Angeles Lakers matchup against the Los Angeles Clippers, I mean, you got to give him credit. Anthony Davis absolutely feasted. He went bananas, as we expected to do. He is a generational otherworldly one-of-one phenomenal talent i mean fear the brow is a very real thing the people of new orleans miss him dearly as much as they love zion um 
I, well, I know, I know, I know, I know. We got a fan in the house. <clears throat> I apologize. I apologize. Huh? But yeah, Anthony Davis. I mean, he's a man among boys. We saw him do what he what he does and what he's capable of. And credit to LeBron James. I mean, he really struggled in the first half offensively, but came out in the second half, switched shoes, switched up his game, was hitting shots, was making plays. And the last thirty seconds of the game really, really laid uh, laid his claim to uh, to the defensive presence that he is. I mean, we all have the chase down block forever etched in our memory from the Golden State Warriors series, but. He was putting the stops out there on both PG and Kawhi, who are high-level elite perimeter players on both ends of the court. So credit to the King where credit is due. He was ringing the bell, and he was able to bring in a win for the Lakers on their opening night game against the Clippers. However, the Los Angeles Lakers have some things they should be concerned about. And not to sound like Stephen A here with me going in and starting to stutter in, but Oh my goodness, can we get some defense on the perimeter? Okay, we saw the first night, okay? LeBron James was tired, people. He was tired. He's out there doing everything. He's doing all the work. Okay, he's got Anthony Davis, but now he's got to chase everybody on the perimeter and he's got to bring the ball up the court. And you know who realized that? An innovative coach and Nick Nurse. And you know what the Toronto Raptors did? They put the pressure on him the whole game, full court. You know, most people hate and pick up games at the rec, at the Y, at the community center. They hate the guy who picks up full court. And you know why they hate him? Because he makes everybody else tired. Nobody wants to be tired on the first half, not at the beginning of the game. But the Toronto Raptors were not concerned with that. They were not concerned mm. with the atrophy. They were not concerned with the, with, 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 with the fatigue Okay, of the, of the Los Angeles Lakers. No, they were not. No, they were not. Not for a minute. And they put the pressure on them. They were throwing bodies at LeBron James. And we saw what the ideal recipe is for taking down the Los Angeles Lakers because you're not going to stop AD. Let's be real. And you're only going to be able to slow LeBron down. We've learned that. We've seen it. 17 years. Hasn't been stopped yet. Okay? You can slow him down, but you can't stop him. What they did, they continued to throw bodies at him. And they wore him down. They wore him down. And LeBron is now relying, very similarly to past situations, on what is a cobbled-together roster Featuring a conglomeration of names, but not necessarily of cohesive talent, especially not on the perimeter, especially not when it comes to jump shooting. They continue to pray and hope for Kuzma to be this consistent third option. And I think we know who Kuzma is, not to say that we know ultimately who he's going to be, but we know who he is as a player and a high level defender does not seem to be a part of his Arsenal. He's a very, very talented offensive player. I think that his playmaking should only continue to improve. Um, and I think that he definitely has some some potential as a, as a, as a solid rebounder, you know, as, as a more versatile wing. However, I just do not see the defensive acumen that they are needing him to bring. And I definitely do not see the, the level of consistent perimeter scoring on their roster that is going to be necessary when going up against so many of these teams that are so guard dependent, especially in the West. I mean, you look at you look at the Trailblazers, okay? You look at the Thunder. You look at the Clippers, who they were able to beat. But again, you have these teams that just have an overwhelming depth of guards, high-level guards, guards that are going to run you ragged. And when LeBron James is your primary playmaker, he's also probably your primary wing defender, of course, and he's going to become your primary perimeter defender because you do not have a true point guard. So in that regard, the Los Angeles Lakers – Look incredible. Can't take anything away from him. Given the roster that they have, they look incredible. LeBron looks great. Anthony Davis looks great. I'm very, very excited to see them in the bubble and see what they do. But they are far from my favorites. My favorites 
are the team that lost to them. But before I go into my favorites, I want to hear what you think about the Los Angeles Lakers. I know this is a sensitive subject for you, you know, since the whole Anthony Davis debacle. So I won't get I won't get too heavy into that. But without 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 really, really, really hurting your feelings, talk talk to talk to me about the Los Angeles Lakers. Well, I can put my feelings aside to say that it's it's apparent that AD is the best player on that team. It's not even close Absolutely. right now. It's not even close. I mean, LeBron could arguably be in the MVP conversation from his numbers. Um, um, and you can correct me, career high in assist this year, uh, really being a floor general out there, getting the Lakers yep. into situations to take those jump shots. Now, as far as hitting them, um, um, it's really inconsistent when you're talking about a Kuzma, um, who has come out. Looking good, yes. Bubble early on shooting threes. Uh, Delphi is scoring the budget above his average of 14 points. And me and David talked offline that arguably he should be a 17 18 point scorer. Um, but that is yet to be seen. He's to continue to uh work on defending the perimeter, as you said, as he is interchangeable from the three and the four because of his uh size and his ability to shoot the three. But with him playing the post mostly in college, it is a transition for him to learn that perimeter defense. So I will hope that he will continue to step into that and develop that. He's going to need to do that because it's championship or bust right now in LA. And can you trust waiters and Jr. Uh, and scrimmage? It seems like he can, but early on, I haven't really seen really anything from Jr. Uh, yeah, and, and then yeah, and. and and waiters looks good. I mean, yes, you got to yes. give waiters credit. I, I don't think we're going to see a whole lot of a whole lot out of Jr. In my opinion, I think waiters definitely looks like the more viable option for them coming off of the bench, and he does things that are more suited to where their needs lie. Um, but Jr. has that intangible chemistry with LeBron. I mean, minus that whole you know finals debacle where he didn't know what he was doing and he cost the Cavs a championship. <clears throat> um, they have a really good chemistry, so I would assume to see Jr worked into the offensive scheme for the Lakers at some point. Um, but yeah, to your point, Deion Waiters is definitely the, the better option there. Yeah. So guard play, uh, like you said, perimeter defense is a big question mark for the Lakers, but post play, I've been very impressed with, uh, McGee, very impressed with Howard, how they played in the post, uh, especially uh, with Howard in that second unit, they play hard. Uh, McGee has great chemistry now. It seems like LeBron, and he's learned to play with AD, being in the lineup, starting games. Uh, and I know they take him out here and there uh, for strategic purposes, depending on their lineup. But I've uh, been really impressed with their post play and that length that they have. Well, it's the thing that helps give the Lakers a chance because, not as you said, there's a lot of really great guards in the West going to the playoffs. Not a lot of people have the front courts that they have with AD, with uh, with JaVale McGee, with D- Dwight Howard, uh, and with LeBron in certain lineups maybe playing in the post at times uh, to give you some fits. So it, I, I like that aspect of the Lakers, but I agree that the team that they uh, – well, they I don't know. They don't share hotels with them, I'm not sure. But they share share the Staples Center currently with this team. And I absolutely think you're right that the Clippers right now are the favorites. Uh, just when you look at depth, 
on that roster from top to bottom. Um, I think they're a little bit deeper, especially on the guard side of things that can give them fits and the more guards that you can throw. Like you talked about throwing bodies in front of LeBron for defensive purposes. Uh, the amount of guards that teams can roll out against the Lakers and really stress those who are guarding on the perimeter. Um, hopefully that opens up some opportunities and um, make that. I think that makes the Lakers susceptible to getting beat to a team with great guard play. And I know we talked about the figuring out that eight seed with the Lakers, um, a team that mirrors them but has a pretty good stable of guards. If the Portland Trailblazers were to sneak into that eight seed to play the Lakers, and I know that you mentioned this to me offline before, but uh, it's a very intriguing matchup between the Trailblazers and the Lakers if that were to be the one eight. Uh, but still got games to play in the bubble. Uh, the Portland Trailblazers, you know, going one on one right now, still have several games to play to even try to get into that eight spot. So before we get there, we'll continue to talk about the teams that have a for sure spot in the playoffs. Uh, I guess moving on down to the Clippers, uh, David. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and like I said, the Clippers are my pick to win the championship this year. I think they have the deepest roster. Uh, I think they have the most. The, the highest volume of versatile guys on a roster, high level versatility guys at that. I mean, they have the best combination of wing players in the league, Paul George and Kawhi. I don't think there's an argument there. Um, they have a lot of very, very dynamic playmaking in Lou Will, in Pat Bev, again, in Kawhi, in Paul George. Um, even you've seen some out of Montrez Harrell down low. And I mean, underratedly, Joakim Noah is a great, great passer for a big man. Um, and it's a forgotten for name, but yeah, it's going to be a big pickup for them down the stretch. Reggie Jackson, not to mention, is a great backup guard to have when he's a started caliber NBA guard, and he was on the Detroit Pistons prior to. I mean, so the, the Clippers, ha- the Clippers have the roster, they have the depth, they have the versatility, they have the names, they have the pedigree, they have the coach, they they, they have everything. So, so it's a, it's a pretty simple and self-explanatory pick there. Uh, they did lose to the Lakers, as I said, but to their credit, they did hold LeBron James to. Um, I believe his lowest field goal percentage on the season. Um, and again, first game back. So you could, you could chalk that up to rust. You could chalk that up to defense, whatever you want to say. We know the Clippers are defensively probably the scariest team in the league. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to, you know, talk about them too much here. Cause I think it's pretty self-explanatory. Uh, yeah. LA Clippers. And, and I just want to say for the record, that second game in the bubble, y'all didn't have to do my Pelicans like that. The Clippers, y'all they didn't did. have to do it. Y'all didn't have to do that. 25 threes. Oh my goodness gracious. That that one hurt my soul a little bit. Uh, but I understand uh, losing that tough one to the Lakers uh the game one. Um, I just felt like I just I was being punished for something that we didn't do. Hey, we lost game one too. You punishing us uh the next game, you know, with Paul George arguably looking like a top five top five player right now, currently playing in the bubble for misplay, hot from the three point line. Uh Kawhi started off game one sluggish, didn't round in the form, still ended up, I think, with thirty points in that first game. So you know, you know that's Kawhi. I know that he had some um other things to deal with outside of basketball during the coronavirus time. So maybe wasn't picking up a basketball shooting uh, and training like he normally does in the flow of a season, but he's still Kawhi. You still got PG Lou Will and Trez are not even there yet playing. Um, And we, another pickup that they have has been really good is uh, the addition of Marcus Morris. Uh, Marcus Morris has been playing very well for them as well. And the the things he can do on the defensive end um, and play guard multiple positions and as well as a hit occasional shot 
um, from the three-point line to stretch um, stretch the floor um, in that second unit with a Shamit, uh, with a, a Michael playing well um, as well at that second unit. So, like I said, great roster, a lot of depth, and I think, like you said, they're my favorites to win the West um, at this point, uh, just purely from the guards that they have on the roster. Yeah, yep, absolutely. And, I mean, as long as Kawhi, the rest of the roster, and PG-13 keep playing like they have, I mean, I, I just don't see anybody really being able to keep pace with them uh, in a 7 What do you do, series. baby? That's right, PG-13, been rated R, so let's keep it going. Uh, the number three seed, the Denver Nuggets, have also been making a lot of noise in the bubble. Uh, shout out Bull Bull today. MPJ, Michael Porter Jr. had a pretty big game uh, showing his scoring acumen. A lot of people had forgotten about him because he came onto the roster injured. Um, but credit to the Nuggets, their coaching staff, and their front office, finding Michael Porter Jr. and Bull Bull both late in the draft, taking the time to develop those picks, ease them into action, and I mean, so far, paying dividends because both of those guys have been all the buzz, more specifically Bull Bull, but have been all the buzz in the bubble so far. Uh, and a lot of front offices are really regretting not taking the chance on them. Uh, in regards to the Denver Nuggets championship aspirations, they're interesting. You know, I'm not going to sit here and say that I'm crazy about them because personally, I just really, really wonder their ability to execute uh, in a high level game um, and win a series, a high level playoff series when they were unable to do so against the Portland Trailblazers, who were absolutely dismantled uh, around later. Um, I truly really wonder. I think that there's a lot to the concept of star power, superstar power in the NBA, especially in winning a championship. I think Nikola Jokic is an NBA star, all-star, I mean, in his own right. But do I think that he is the star caliber persona to lead the charge of the Denver Nuggets into a championship? Right now, no, I don't. But I have all the time in the world to be proven wrong. I am always impressed by his play. He is such a unique and dynamic skill set. I mean, who knows? And the way that the Denver Nuggets have built that roster around him, it is very, very team-oriented. Uh, they're very, very pass-centric. They have a good flow. They don't do a whole lot of iso ball. Uh, so as long as the shot's falling and the ball's moving, I, in theory, I mean, they could really, really cause problems for anybody in a seven-game series. So different Nuggets go either way. I think it really kind of depends on what Nuggets team you get on a night-in, night-out basis. Then it'll definitely help when they're all healthy and have their full roster there in the bubble. So curious to see who they draw in the first round um, and what they kind of look like as we round out the end of these seeding games. And I know for me, the thing with the Nuggets, um, I like their guards. I like Murray. I like Monte Morris, but I just don't love their guards. Um, I yeah. feel like they have plenty of forwards, plenty of length uh, from the three, four, and five position. Uh, they have a lot of bodies they can throw at you. Uh, they're very, very versatile. MPJ, obviously, uh, like you said, a 37-point outing today, hit four three-pointers, uh, and it looks like bread and butter when he shoots from the three, as well as Bo Bo being a great three-point shooter that he is uh, for his size and just having a lot of skill. So they have a lot of skillful three, fours, and fives. We will give a lot of problems in certain matchups, and I think we'll give a lot of teams problems, period, especially if you're able to get consistent moment, uh, minutes out of Bobo down the stretch with his size alone. It's a mismatch, and I really like the continuity of him and Jokic being on the floor together, uh, but I like MPJ, so a lot of young talent on this roster, and arguably probably one of the most talented uh, young rosters from top to bottom in the NBA. Um, you can arguably argue with, you know, Boston, you can argue with Miami as well. There's others out there. Um, 
You can throw the Pelicans up there, but I think they're a little further behind in that discussion. But a very, very talented young roster who I would like to see them all come together with everybody coming back, getting healthy. You know, the new Slim and Trim, he must have got the Angel Food uh, smoothie from Smoothie King. Jokic looking good, being able to run the <laughs> show, uh, move through the lane. Uh, and continue to orchestrate that offense. I was wonder. I was worried to see if him losing some of that weight would hurt him rebounding. But um, I know when you're used to being a post player, you know positioning, and if you still have that lower body strength, you can still get in a position to get those rebounds. And it's, it's certain, certainly hasn't slowed him down. It's him having triple double to his last game. Uh, but I'm really really excited to see what Denver can do. Title aspirations. Them as a three seed. Um, I can see a Houston Rockets giving them fits with their guard play um, compared to Denver. I know the Clippers can do the same. And then it's a matchup with the bigs against the Lakers. When you look at the upper echelon in the West. So we'll see how they play out when they get everybody healthy. And what and the key for them is how well Gary Harris plays. If, if you can get... 15 points out of Gary Harris in the bubble and into the playoffs, 15, 16 points. I think that they have a puncher's chance because he is the key. He's been very inconsistent uh, with his shot, with injuries, being in and out of the lineup for the last couple of years. So I would really like to see him get back, be healthy, and see if he can find his shot to help uh, spur the Nuggets potentially into a championship run, um, depending on how the chips fall. Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree. I think Gary Harris could be an X factor because um, when he does show up and is playing well, uh, he definitely can make a big difference on both ends of the court. So I agree with that. Uh, and the team sitting right below them, as you said, you know, the Houston Rockets at the number four seed. We talked already about him up top, so I'm not going to deep dive into him too much. I like Houston a lot. Uh, I think that they're my biggest potential team. Um, but they also have a very, very high propensity to be a bust, as we have seen in the postseason. Um, and not a bust in the sense of, oh my God, the Houston Rockets can't ever get it done. More of a bust is that they tend to over, I'm sorry, underwhelm, I would say, um, on big stages. You know, oftentimes we've seen them down the stretch in games that look like they were going to win, they ended up losing. Uh, so I'm curious to see what Houston is able to do this postseason. Looked really, really strong last night against the Milwaukee Bucks. Russ has been playing incredibly well. Uh, I think that he's kind of found his niche now, not having to be the primary playmaker and ball handler on every single time um, down the court. I think that takes a lot of pressure off of him. takes a lot of pressure off of the offense. Uh, and I think overall, it's just really, really helpful and beneficial for his game. And you've seen him really kind of start to thrive there in Houston. I like their small ball thing that they're doing. So I'm curious to see what they look like. As I said, in the postseason, who they draw, I think will be a big factor in this. I wonder how they would fare against a Nikola Jokic against an Anthony Davis. Uh, but mm. you saw how they did against, um, you know, Giannis last night. Giannis is a pretty big guy himself. So, we will see what the Houston Rockets do, uh, all the potential in the world there. So definitely something to keep your eye on. And I definitely like them more than the five seed, which is the Utah Jazz, who I'm not going to spend really any time on. I think the loss of Bogdanovich is going to be massive to them. I don't have a whole lot of faith in them and their playmaking or their perimeter scoring. Without him, Joe Ingles has been very, very shaky all season. Mike Connolly has been a shell of himself, although he has looked like himself in flashes here and there. Donovan Mitchell has really been the only consistent thing going for the Utah Jazz on the offensive end. And Rudy Gobert, I mean, it's a defensive absolute stalwart. But, I mean, I don't see a whole lot of people running around Rudy Gobert jerseys. So there's something to that. There's something to the Utah Jazz being just kind of a middle-of-the-road Western Conference team and 
unfortunately for them, I don't see them really moving far beyond that uh, this postseason. I, I, I echo your sentiment. I don't have a lot to say about the Jazz. Um, Rudy Gobert, shoot the J, shoot it. That's just one thing I wanted to see him do as his game progressed and um, just shooting away from the basket. But I know he's a great rebounder. He's a great rim protector, and that's what his game called for. But um, I think really the stall of them being at the five seed and never really ascending higher than a four seed um, in recent years, I think has been partially because Rudy Gobert never took that extra step, that next step, I'm sorry, on the offensive side of the ball as far as uh, shooting away from the ba- basket to add something to that Utah offense. So um, I think I think what you what you see is what you get. Uh, or one and one. I think they might finish this um, bubble split, and we'll see how they fare into the playoffs depending on who their matchup is. Yeah, absolutely. So we will see. Um you know, I, I have a lot of confidence in Donovan Mitchell. I'm very excited to see how his career continues to shape um, and the emergence of his stardom kind of in the league. Uh, really, really fun guy to watch. But, yeah, we kind of we kind of know what we're looking at with the Jazz. Um, and the two teams right below them, six and seven seeds, uh, currently Oklahoma City Thunder and the Dallas Mavericks. Both, I would, I think most of us could say, have really uh, exceeded expectations this season. Uh, firstly, the Thunder. I mean, as I said, Billy Donovan, co-coach of the year. Goes without saying, clearly the team's doing something right. Billy Donovan does a really good job uh, creating that confidence and that culture in OKC uh, with a lot of questions about what OKC was going to do with their new roster, uh, given the departure of Paul George and Russell Westbrook. And they have really done a great job. Chris Paul, I mean, we all know the floor general, the leader that he is, the respect he commands, uh, and the high-level Cal, the high level uh, basketball um, IQ and caliber of play that he brings to any roster that he's on. And you've seen it with OKC being one of the best teams in crunch time, which I believe is the last four or five minutes of the game uh, this season. Um, they have been playing absolutely phenomenal. Schroeder seems to have finally uh, figured out what his role is on the team. It looks like he's playing very, very well. SGA continues to ascend. I'm a huge fan of his. Uh, that could be the Kentucky Wildcat in me, but I mean, the guy's just a oh, baller. The guy's just a baller. That's just what it is. B-A-L-L-A-S-G-A all the way. Okay, that's just what it is. Uh, Steven Adams, again, a guy who I think most NBA rosters, teams, guys, would love to be uh, alongside, would love to have defending the rim uh, and grabbing rebounds for you every single night. So, OKC Thunder, I think that they have a lot of potential. Uh, Chris Paul, to me, was a dark horse MVP candidate. Don't necessarily know how many votes he got. We'll see when they make those announcements. Uh, here soon, but like the OKC Thunder and then Dallas Mavericks, I mean, hallelujah. Simple as that. Guy's incredible. We knew coming into the league, all the buzz around him. We saw his first season, how phenomenal he was. I don't think anybody expected him to take this this level of a next step, um, but he absolutely has. We're talking about a guy who's probably going to make his first uh, his first ever all NBA team and is going to be probably on the first team all NBA. Uh, we're talking about a guy who I'm sure will have garnered multiple MVP considerations this season. Um, I mean, he, he has really carried the Dallas Mavericks and he is the cornerstone to the redefinition of their franchise. Uh, and I mean, the, the guy's just a winner. He knows how to win games. KP has been looking pretty strong. Uh, I like the Dallas Mavericks. I think next couple of years, we're going to be talking about them more and more. Uh, and the league is 
I mean, the league is really wide open right now, so Luka is going to continue to ascend, and I'm very curious to see uh, how he uh, starts to pile up the accolades as we go. Yeah, and I, and I have no doubt uh, that he will do that. Um, as a Pelicans fan, I see a lot of the Mavericks. Uh, they're very tough. Um, I like the roster that they have in place. And um, like you said, Luca, arguably, you know, first team all NBA this year from his play. Uh, just just a phenomenal talent. Uh, and then have KP and have the role players in uh, Fiddy Smith to have Brunson, to have Berea, uh, the veteran presence. You have Kleber uh, as well. Um, and you have big Boban. Um, Boban in the uh, paint uh, to lead the second unit. So it's just a it's a fun team, um, a bright future in Dallas. Uh, but I really definitely want to give my flowers to Billy Donovan and the job that he's done um, in Oklahoma City this year. As I mentioned before, and as David mentioned, just exceeding expectations this year um, ha- with, with the future Hall of Famer and Chris Paul. Um, it's like having a second coach on the court. Um, then you have a you know the quarterback of your defense and Stephen Adams and Shea's development. Um, I just love the narrative. Um, I don't, I, obviously, they're not going to. I mean, I, I say that they can play spoiler in a couple of games. Just, but I think for them, their key in as far as development as a team going forward is sharing up their wings and their bench play because uh, those would be crucial. Um, this time in the bubble, as well as being in the playoffs and beyond. Uh, so let's see what moves they make with the wing. With, at the wings, um, ho- I'm glad to see uh, Roberson back um, um, after his um, unfortunate injuries they have. Um, it's good to see Dre in there. Um, it's good to see some of the other players uh, continue to step up for the Thunder. Uh, so a fun team, fun team. I'm glad to see them have the year that they're having, and we'll see what their future looks like and if CP3 is there next year. Yes, we will see. We will see if he's there on the roster next season. Um, I'm very curious. I think a lot of that will be dependent on what happens this postseason. So definitely a team to keep your eye on. Um, and I would be remiss if, you know, we didn't we didn't briefly discuss a team that a lot of people have had their eye on, more specifically a player a lot of people have had their eye on, and that's Zion Williamson. Uh, the New Orleans Pelicans are currently 28 and 38. Uh, sitting in the 11th seed, three spots out of the playoffs. Zion has, in some minutes, looked incredible, and in other minutes looked sluggish, rusty, out of shape, whatever you want to say. Um, I mean, we know who the guy is. He's incredible. When, when he's in shape, when he's ready to roll, he's, he's an absolute force. The Pelicans, however, have struggled uh, mightily. They've struggled on the defensive end. Uh, they've struggled to score the basketball. Uh, they've looked out of rhythm. They've looked lost at times. As a fan, I know this is very hard for you to hear. Um, not hard for you to understand because, again, you're a New Orleans Pelicans fan, and that in itself is no easy task. Uh, so, without beating up on without beating up on your team too much here, I just want to get want to get some insight from you. What What are your thoughts about the, you know, the the what they're calling bursts, the burst management uh, surrounding Zion Williamson. Um, and what, what are your thoughts overall of, of how the Pelicans roster is looking? Because some parts are looking pretty good. You know, B.I. continues to impress. I mean, Ingram, first-year All-Star, looking incredible. Uh, Drew Holiday, we know what he does. Incredible lead guard, uh, gets things done all over the floor. Um, 
but the the Pelicans are just a, they're they're a mess. They're a mess, Brad. What 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 are your thoughts about the roster? What are your thoughts about really the their level of reality uh, when it comes to being in the race for the playoffs? Should they really do they really have a chance? In your opinion? Well, first off, I just want to say. I would just love to be able to watch a Pelicans game and not wonder if my heart burns coming from the chicken wings I'm eating or what I'm seeing on the floor. Uh, <laughs> no, I just want to get that out there. It's, it's very, it's very, it's very, it's very confusing. Like you said, offline, uh, we, the burst, I understand you're thinking about the longevity of the franchise and Hey, I am a very forward thinker thinker. I like planning and I think about the future and in hindsight, what they're doing, I understand I understand. I understand. You're trying to preserve his career. You're thinking about his long term. You're thinking about his knees uh, and getting maximum value out of him while he's there, because he's going to put a lot of butts in the seats whenever we return to having fans at the game and the Smoothie King Center. And that is the biggest impact that he can make is um, just for that franchise monetarily uh, securing them in New Orleans. Um, and then you have the pieces like B.I., you have Drew Holiday that's been there for a while. He stays true to the city and gives back to the city time in and time out. And we love Drew. Uh, the development of the outside shot for Monzo Ball, and he continued to work himself, uh, finishing around the basket, continue making great decisions, continue to have that continuity with Zion. So it's a lot of fun pieces, but their defense is um, – it's terrible. Their defense might as well be the state of Florida and the teams playing them might, might as well be COVID because it's, it's, you're bound to, you're, you're bound to take over. <laughs> you're bound to take over. And, and the, oh. infuri- that is one of the infuriating things about watching my new Orleans Pelicans um, is that, that defensive prowess that they're lacking. Um, I need a little bit more from Jackson Hayes and he's young, but continue to get better because Derek, uh, Derek Favors is not, the rim protector that we need alongside of Zion. If you're going to have Zion at the four, you're going to have to have some length in your starting lineup. That's, I mean, he does great at, you know, getting rebounds and favors, is, you know, has a high field goal percentage. But, I mean, tonight he had 13 re- rebounds, but I think four points in 20, 28 minutes. I mean, the man's just out there running and grabbing boards. You might as well be Rodman, and you're not being Rodman on the defensive end, or else it would translate to better defense for us at the Pelicans. So I just want to see them just continue – because as hot as they start on the offensive end, and they're always going to be hot on the offensive end with with um, how fast they play, the ball movement, um, and I mean they have the fastest pace in the league right now, and it's it's a it's a fast break, run up and down the court, throw lobs, shoot threes in transition. Uh, so a lot of promise in New Orleans, a really really bright future. But I would like for them to address the defensive end. Um, for the years to come to help out Zion, especially in the perimeter, so that you can continue to develop uh, Zion's inside and outside the game to make him a more well-rounded player that's only going to make Ingram better and find him more opportunities. It's only going to make Zoe better and hopefully create him opportunities. So just continue to have a plan for all these players like it seems David Griffin has for this franchise as far as the development, as far as the team development and as well as what decisions they're going to have to make um, in the draft, trades, coat. Um, a lot of people are calling in New Orleans to fire Alvin Gentry. Um, I like the off- I like what the personnel they have is perfect for their offense. They do need to get better on the defensive end. So bright future, very agonizing. Um, I, I definitely need to get some more Tums. Uh, but I didn't need it tonight. They won the day against the Grizzlies. Um, 
which is great. I need to check on the Spurs score. I haven't seen what they've done with uh, Philly, but if they can uh, lose and make things interesting for the battle for the ninth seed, seed to get that play in with the eight, uh, a lot of bubble left. Um, and like Zion says, let's dance. Chopper style. Chopper style. Chopper style is correct. Yeah, I mean, I like the Pelicans. I like some of the pieces that they have, but they have a long they have a long road to uh, a long road to travel. Um, and I mean, David Griffin even said it, you know, and they briefly spoke to him. I believe it's Rachel Nichols briefly speaking with him, and he said something along the lines of, you know, we're not just here playing for the bubble. You know, we're we're playing for for our franchise for years to come. And I think David Griffin. The front office in New Orleans, uh, that coaching staff, the medical staff—I think that they all, you know, yeah, they all know they, they all know the opportunity in front of them, and I don't think anybody wants to necessarily jeopardize that, uh, while also not taking away from the ability of the team to compete on a night in, night out basis. So it's a it's a delicate game that you play uh, managing athletes of this caliber. Um, so I don't think any of us should necessarily pass too much judgment on on the Pelicans and and what they do uh, moving forward here in this bubble with Zion, because they, they hope to have many, many more years of Zion. And I think it's better to take your time than to uh, jump the gun. I think we can all agree on that. Amen to that. And I want to say shout out JJ Reddick to be playing great in the bubble as well. And I know from the podcast, uh, his own podcast, when he interviewed Alonzo Ball, Alonzo Ball just speaks to his leadership on that team and his show with how he interacts with them on the court. He's been playing well himself, creating and obviously hitting um, well, well behind the three-point line, one of the leaders in the three uh, from from behind the arc uh, this year. So shout out J.J. Redick. Uh, and as a Pelicans fan, I'm excited for the future, and I can be patient. We need to be realistic. Like, like David says, tailor our expectations because uh, we're thinking long game instead of short-term game right now. Absolutely. And with a roster uh, composition like the Pelicans have, they are definitely suited for the long game here. So let's hope that they are able to do it the right way and make it happen. Uh, Well, before we get out of here, I definitely just want to say thank you to all of our listeners tuning in tonight, tomorrow, whenever you are, wherever you are. We appreciate you as always. Uh, I know I definitely do. Uh, And I want to thank my main man, Brad, for hopping on to the podcast. Like I said, Brad, to be uh, contributing with us here at the network very, very soon. Um, Brad, talk to the people a little bit about the projects you have coming up. Yeah, so hopefully you liked what you heard from me today. Um, I know I love what I hear from David in this podcast weekly, and I know you do too. That's why you're tuned in. But if you are a fan of the Atlanta Hawks, a young promising team in the mecca of hip hop culture that is the city of Atlanta, which I love dearly, um, and Lou Will clearly does with Magic City Chicken Wings. Uh, but if you speaking of wings, if you want to hear more about the Hawks, I will be covering everything regarding the Hawks uh, from you know box score analysis, forecasting, the rumor mill, um, fantasy implications, any breaking news. Um, we will cover the Hawks. Um, so look out for that program. It will be Hoopball Hawks. Hoopball Hawks. Uh, we'll get Twitter and we'll get the uh, podcast up and rolling hopefully in the next month or so. So make sure you tune in. Um, if you care anything about Trey Young, Ice Trey, as I shiver here in the booth, uh, you care about John Collins in his future, or you just love Magic City chicken wings and you just want to want to want to learn about the Hawks, you know, check out Hoopball Hawks. We got it all for you. 
That's right. You heard him. You heard him, y'all. Your one-stop shop for everything Atlanta hoops, Hawks related. Okay, check it out. Coming to you very, very soon. Uh, and once again, any questions, any fantasy comments, concerns, anything you're looking to discuss, or just drop us a little bit of advice. Let us know what you think. Drop a review on the show. Uh, hit me up on Twitter, DFB underscore three. Uh, we appreciate everybody who tuned into this episode. Look for more content coming from the network soon. We'll have more guests. We'll have more fun topics. Uh, we're going to keep it going. We're going to keep it going here. Uh, very, very excited for basketball to be back. Looking forward to crowning that NBA champion. Brad, as always, it is an absolute pleasure to have you on an episode, my man. I'm looking forward to your content coming out from the network very, very soon. We will talk to you and everybody out there in the basketball universe. Talk to you later. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.